gentlemen, welcome back to these go to eleven. Once again, I'm Ethan Bell. Joining me in studio, Mr. Zach Bartle. Zach, what's going on, dude? It's alive. It's alive. <laughs> we are back in action, man. Dude, I tell you, I mean, and I know you did an app a couple weeks ago. It just feels to me like it's been forever because I was, uh, I don't know, we, our, our schedules have been, it's almost like you and I are, are like we used to date and that, and, 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 and that kind of dynamic will come up later in the show. Um, and then we're trying to still remain friends, but we keep finding excuses not to talk to each other. Um, but for the record, we didn't used to date. And so we're not avoiding each other. That's right. And, and the sound you may have just heard was my um, old laptop getting done ripping a CD and clicking the the thing out. I have been all afternoon. I have been ripping CDs, and I've got a stack here that's all it's all Toby Mac and DC Talk. Nice. I got nice. a new uh, car, and it I, it takes. And this is going to make me sound pathetic because it's new to me. It's not a new car. It, it takes MP3 and WMA CDs, oh, so you nice. know you can fit 110 songs on a CD. So I've been I've, I'm excitedly like making dorky pastor middle aged dad CDs. That um, is fantastic. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I'm pretty I'm pretty excited to get my. Uh, I, I put in uh, free at last right before you called, <laughs> and it auto played. Take this, Mac Moran. I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't heard this in a while. I'm going to be testing out the Bose speakers in the car with this puppy tomorrow. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> that is great. Well, Zach, as you mentioned, there was a podcast that uh, was done a couple weeks ago with Mike Callahan. This is the last week um, that they are uh, kind of sponsoring us on the podcast. And so I just want to give a final shout out to them um, at buildinghopeministry.org or you could go to buildinghopeministry.com. It takes you all to the same place. And, uh, you know, just to remind people that. They are a mission organization um, that goes to India. Mike started this back in 2009, and they serve uh, the people of India. They give women clothing. They provide uh, school and textbooks for uh, children over there. They also do um, orphans and work with orphans who have HIV, and they're actually looking to uh, sponsor some orphans. So if you're interested, go over to buildinghopeministry.org or buildinghopeministry.com and check them out and see how you can get involved in the ministry. It's a really great ministry. And if you're, if you're looking to, you know, really, um, do something and have an impact, uh, remember, as Mike said, 100% of everything you donate goes to the ministry. It's, they don't keep any for administration funds or anything like that. Everything that you send over there goes to the ministry and goes to the people who you are um, trying to support. Dude, let me like bounce something off you a minute. Like, yeah, I keep thinking, and I have for years, on uh, other programs that have you know decent-sized listenership yep. that – at certain times, and the certain times of year that I usually think of it are the times of year when everyone's already given to everything. You know, everyone's buying a goat for a town in right, right, you know, South America or something. But like, it occurs to me that there's so many people, and especially if if the main thing that 99 percent have in common is that they're believers, right? Like, I, I was thinking when we were talking uh, at the end of the year, end of 2018, we were talking about um, donor C again. Yep. And I was like, dude, why why don't we sometimes you know, go look at that thing before we record and say, okay, you guys, this one 
is is that these go to eleven, and we're gonna mm-hmm. all hit this one until we bang it out. Or like when you're talking about like, yeah. and is it possible for not one person but a group of people called these go to eleven listeners? And I mean, at this point, good grief, you got a decent sized group if you just go with current and former hosts, um, right? <laughs> uh, you know, are, are sponsoring this orphan or something. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I think that would be a, a very cool thing to do, and I, I don't think it would be a stretch to think we could do it. The logistics of it, it you know, could be a challenge, uh, yeah. you know, it, with with giving statements and stuff. But I mean, I feel like with Donorcy, all we'd have to do is drop the name, you know, the 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 URL, or we could even yeah. make it redirect off of you know the these go to eleven uh, page, and boom, you know, you 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 drop. 20 people giving 10 bucks and all of a sudden you're at $200. And you know, I think that might be kind of a cool thing to think about. Maybe ask your buddy if there's, if that's a possibility to kind of bundle yeah. together a few people's gifts or a dozen people's gifts, that sort of thing. I like that, man. I'm going to, um, let's talk off air about that and I'll see if I can, um, we can, we can pull something together and then work something out with them and, um, see what we can come up with. I like that. Maybe we can do like a, um, you know, a, a quarterly thing where each, you know, each quarter of the year we're kind of jumping into, hey, this quarter we're looking to do this, and then right, next yeah. quarter we're looking to do that. So, um, if we're yeah. always asking for money for a cause, it, it immediately loses its luster. I feel like that's yeah. why you know, like I, I just turn off public radio when they're having their right. drive. I'm just, <laughs> but but if yeah. it, and especially if it's something where we could say just check this out, yeah, and if it appeals to you, and I don't know how much, um, it, you know. What, what what was the word he used for like the immediate um, feedback you get on the donor seat? I don't know how much oh, of that you know immediate yeah. kind of here's pictures, here's live updates. Um, yeah. your, your your friend is able to provide, but yeah. I listened to the the app and it seems like really worthy work. And uh, you know the the podcast can can say we'll have you sponsor you know without having to pay us, which is one way we can help and just raise awareness. We'll do an interview, but yeah. why not try and get some financial support if it's a, a good thing? I mean, we, yeah. we all already probably have a kid on our fridge. Uh, we yeah. have two. Honestly, I'm, I'm moving away. I don't know about you, but I'm moving away from world vision as these kids age out. Cause we had a little collection of them going yeah. and I'm, I'm planning to move over to, to donor C to, so that my son can be part of the process of going, this is what we want to do and we want to see it happen. And uh, if, if you know, we, we can also bless somebody, somebody else's ministry, somebody else's mission, let's do yeah. it, man. Yeah. No, I like that. That's great. Yeah. We'll, we will definitely, we will definitely work through that and figure that out and uh, have something up. Um, let's, uh, let's try to shoot for a, um, a June announcement of that. So that'll nice. give us... That'll give us a couple months to kind of think through that and see what we can do. It'll give me some time to talk with my buddy uh, Mike and see uh, see what we can come up with over there. So um, yeah, definitely uh, definitely something that we will look forward to. Um, so I um, with uh, doing the um, doing this particular uh, announcement sponsorship. Um, uh, you know, I'll just briefly mention um, Mission Aware. Always check them out, but really, I want to put the focus on um, onto Building Hope Ministries. So go check Building, out Hope, Building Ministries Hope Ministries. Does not owe me th- uh, two busts <laughs> of theologians that they have yet to uh, provide. So. That's right. 
<laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, man. Is that buildinghopeministries.org? Is that where people are going? Yeah, you can go to buildinghopeministry.org or buildinghopeministry.com. Either one will get you to where you want to go. Dude, that's a monopoly. That's illegal. <laughs> uh, so, nice. All right, man. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, talking about uh, particularly the one topic that we're, we're starting off with. Um, Recently, Zach, you started a Facebook page, uh, and I want you to kind of talk about that. Uh, talk about what was uh, the passion that spurred you on, because uh, I remember looking at your little uh, tagline with uh, the Reformed group and chuckling a little bit, because definitely uh, have encountered uh, this idea that you are talking about. So go ahead and talk about that a little bit, and then we'll, we'll get into our topic. All right. Well, and and you know, caveat: I have been kind of disengaging from ninety percent of reformed like Facebook groups and, and subreddits and stuff because oh, there, there's just it's it's such a weird breeding ground for like the fringes, you know, yeah. like the yeah. antinomians who are like, well, yeah, we're gonna smoke weed the moment it's illegal because uh, you know freedom, and and then and then the other side that's like, well, no, you you know you. You can't shake hands with your wife when she's menstruating. Like, like I mean, right. you have like the Pharisaical stuff, right. and, and the Pharisaical guys don't know they're Pharisaical. They like they really freak out if it's suggested that they're the weaker brother, and and even if we're trying to say we'll we'll go along with what you want. So anyway, all that to say, I'm still involved with a few groups that I think are are good. Mm-hmm. Um, amillennialism. It's just called amillennialism. It doesn't have any, you know, fun name or anything. Right, right. And it's great. It, it, I, I learned so much, and there's so many knowledgeable people. Another one is the Reformed, uh, no, the Charles Spurgeon uh, Smoking Lounge or whatever. Oh, cool. Um, which is I love. I think they had to make it a secret group. I don't know if it still is, but like Facebook was cracking down on on tobacco related stuff. Oh, and okay. then. Uh, I mean, I, I was in a few that were like Reform Pub spinoffs after Reform Pub became a dumpster fire. But all of them have in common uh, that that there are iconoclastic rules, meaning rules that say you cannot depict any person of the Trinity at all because that is a violation of the Second Commandment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and I mean, if we're going to get serious and Puritan about it, you're actually violating the commandment if you fix in your mind, an image of Christ. Like if you're reading uh, the Gospels and you imagine him, like you have to have him be like right. a blank space. Um, and, and obviously the idea is, you know, that someone wouldn't have in their mind what is effectively an idol as they're praying and worshiping this picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, like before we even talk about the group, what yeah. what's your take on this and, and how have you interacted with these ideas and yeah. how does it fit into your spiritual life? Yeah, uh, I mean, we – I'll, I'll just – you know, outright on these go to 11. If you go back and listen to some of the older podcasts, I mean, you'll hear that we took fire for this on a couple different occasions because I, I think that to an extent – there is a uh, misinterpretation of the second commandment in that regard. Um, you know, I think, yes, that if you are portraying an image of Christ and you are portraying it so that you can worship it, that you are, you are committing adultery if you are worshiping that image. Um, 
but and, and you know we'll get into the reading of the second commandment. I don't I don't think that's what the second commandment is saying at all. I think it's talking about physical beasts and creatures, and you know when we go to read on. So I, you know, I, a lot of people have an issue with the Passion of the Christ uh, because of that. I I think it's a phenomenal movie. Um, I play certain sections of that, uh, whether I'm teaching or doing youth group uh, every year because it goes along with a, an Easter talk that I do every year that, um, that that age group just really loves. And so they really get a, a picture and an image of what Christ went through on the cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so I think you know if it's going to help draw someone to Christ and not pull them away or distract them from the true beauty of Christ then no i th- i think it is i think it is worth using you know and there's just there's a whole history of of art that is portrayed that is absolutely beautiful depicting um Christ's life you know his birth his life his death his resurrection and I think we would be remiss to dismiss that art and that beauty. And one of my questions that I always posed is I can to an extent understand where you might go with portrayals of God the Father. Yeah, me too. But but Christ actually was born. He actually lived on earth. You know, whether or not we now have those images, at one point people had – the images of Christ in their mind. Um, and so, you know, based on cultural uh, experiences of, of what we think the average Middle Eastern man might look like, I, I don't necessarily think, you know, we're far off to say, you know, this could be what Christ would have looked like. So that's that's kind of my thought and where I stand on it. Um, talk to me a little bit more theologically, Zach, about um, your position on it. Well, I mean, it seems probably like like we're on the same page. I I also love the Passion of the Christ. I mean, I dude, I wept like a little wimp when I was watching that the first time. We watched, yeah. we went and saw it on. It came out on Ash Wednesday, two thousand whatever. I still lived in Grand Rapids. Yeah. And oh my goodness, my wife and I took off work to go see it. Yeah. And it was it was like it it was such an amazing. It was it was akin to standing where I believe is actually the place that he was, uh, his body was laid when I was in Israel. Yeah. I mean, it, it yeah. really was a, an awesome experience that they were able to do um, using God-given talent and all these, you know, technological resources. Now, granted, when you talk about fixing an image, I've, I've heard of people telling Jim Caviezel, I picture your face, you know, with the prosthetics and stuff, but right. that Jesus is what I picture when I pray. And he's like, whoa, 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 I'm just a right. dude. Right. So there's always a danger, but, but a, you know, you don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. Yeah. And, and let me quick say, I, I feel like I may have badly communicated. After cutting out all of the pharisaical people, I am in these groups that have these second commandment rules. So mm-hmm. I'm not saying those are the Pharisees. I cut out the Pharisees right. and, and, and the wackos on the other side, those groups where they were always just at war. And now I'm with good people who have uh, very, very similar views on most everything, uh, as I do in these Reformed and Reformed Baptist groups and stuff, uh, except for on this one issue we tend to disagree, and I have no issue with it. Right. The reason it came up in my mind was because... Well, A, it was uh, it was Ash Wednesday, mm-hmm. and that's the day that everybody in all those groups makes their jokes about, like, you know what, I'm giving up for Lent, Popish traditions, har har. 
Um, which was funny the first 93 times. Right. <laughs> but, but also, in a group I was in, uh, someone had put up... It was it was kind of funny. It was uh, Jesus and Peter... Uh, it was I think it was like one of those Doré uh, woodcut, like beautiful ink, you know, drawing type things. Yeah. And it, and it was Jesus and Peter, like, looking out at the water, and it was four panels. And Jesus was like... Wow, that that miracle at the uh, wedding—that whole thing really just affected me emotionally. It's very emotional, and uh, and Peter was like, "Oh yeah," and Jesus said, "Yeah." Even the cake was teared, <laughs> and uh, then there was a, uh, a, a like a thing of nobody, you know, like a frame right. of nobody saying anything. And then he's like, "Did you hear me, Peter? The cake was teared, and uh, it was teared up. I don't remember how they put it. You know, it was, it was like a dad right. joke. It was like Jesus made a dad joke, which right, to right. me." It seems within the realm of possibility. I can sure. absolutely see these twelve guys like making each other laugh, saying stupid stuff, joking yeah. around. Uh, but but the fact that they had this picture of Jesus uh, meant someone, an admin, deleted it, mm-hmm. and that should have been the end of it. But then all these people came up out of the woodwork and were like, "Whoa, wait a minute, blah blah blah. Why do we have to?" It was a, it was a group where it was not all reformed people. Why yeah. do we have to bow to your view on these things? And in my mind, you join a group like that, you agree. To play yeah. by the rules. If you don't like it, start your own group, leave. Don't be a jerk about it nonstop. And so that made me want to go and finally, I had been threatening to do this for a while, make a group called Calvinist Baptist Iconophiles. For And my whole thing, Nathan's always niche of a niche, possibly yeah. of a niche. And in this case, those people who hold the doctrines of grace are yeah. Baptist and love them not only uh, you know depictions of of Jesus and Peter walking down the Emmaus, I almost said the Emmaus Road. That's a new story. <laughs> uh, walking down you know the the road to Capernaum, but right. also even you know visuals of the crucifixion yeah. and, and medieval art and all these things, which I know that you're into too, just from our our interactions on on uh, social media going back for years and years now. Yeah. Uh, so that was kind of where I was coming from, and you know. It's the thing is like you you talk about how people who who were uh, around when Jesus was there they saw him and then they had an image in their mind. Mm-hmm. That's not going to be obviously a, a sin in anyone's mind. Mm-hmm. But the fact it'll continually be brought up that every image we have of him is wrong now. Mm-hmm. So why would you want to? And I'm over here going well. I don't know. These were kind of derived from the shroud and being right. also a huge shroud fanatic. Right. Um, that to me is kind of like he kind of gave us like here's sort of what I looked like. Have fun, you know. May, yeah. Go ahead and paint pictures and and make sculptures and and continue that cultural mandate. Just don't worship them. No problem. Right. No problem. Right. I've never been. I've got crucifixes in my pastor's study at a Baptist church. Yeah. And I have never been tempted to, tempted to get down and worship them. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the first time anyone says, "Oh, that really it makes me struggle when I see that." That. Uh, I'm taking them down. I'll bring them yeah. home and put them up. Right. It's it's not something I'm going to fight over, but it is some. I love sacred art, and I love. I, I feel like when you go into a Lutheran church, yep. and they embrace this stuff, yep. dude. I have I struggle not to be jealous. Yeah, because yeah. I really love it. Yeah. Well, and you know, you you brought up the, um, you know, the whole uh, dad joke thing. You know, one of my favorite comic strips that I saw it was shortly after the Avengers came out. All the Avengers are kind of sitting around Jesus and Jesus is sitting there and saying, let me tell you how I saved the world. Oh, I remember that. It was a t-shirt on, yeah. on Facebook. Yeah. And and I just, I thought that was really cool because I'm a huge fan of... 2CV. 2CV. What's that? 2CV. 
That's that's shorthand, everyone, for Second Commandment violation, which is both earnestly and sarcastically uh, bandied about in these groups. Yes, yes. (laughs) Shot at each other like bullets. Sorry, go on. Oh, no, no, but I just, I'm a huge fan of the idea that, you know, God is. God is who he is. He's the God of reality, but he's also the God of our imaginations. And so, you know, I don't have a problem. Like I remember a big fan of C.S. Lewis, J.R. Tolkien, you know, one of Tolkien's biggest, um, uh, I I guess, bouts, uh, you know, not not literally, but, um, you know, verbal bouts that he had with C.S. Lewis was the fact that Lewis would bring all these images into these real world images into his fiction, into his fantasy and Tolkien wanted completely separated, you know, and, um, but I, but I love the image of, you know, Santa Claus entering Narnia. I love the image of Jesus being the lion and entering Narnia. Um, and so I, I love these images that come in where God's not just the God of what we consider, you know, reality, but he's also the God of fantasy too. And, you know, writing him into the fantastical worlds, I I just I love. I really I, I love it, and it and it shows how he just pierces through not only reality, but he pierces through our imaginations into uh, the fantasy and the fiction that we write. So that's uh, you know that's just kind of my two cents on on that whole thing. You know, and and like you said, you know, how can you not imagine? People wanted to be around Christ, you know. I mean, you think about the idea of not just little children wanting to hang around him, but, you know, all age groups wanting to be around Christ. I mean, you can't help but think that Christ was a fun person to be around, that Mm -hmm. he was just – he loved people and he was outgoing because I I know people who love people, but they're not – they don't have the same draw you know, but these are, crowds were flocking to him. I mean, you don't have crowds flocking to this person because he's a dull, droll person. You know, he had to have been lively and exciting, and people had to have been drawn to that type of personality. Yeah, uh, granted, they definitely weren't drawn to him because he was super handsome, like he's sometimes depicted, or, right. or like you know, like on uh, what was it called, the Bible. Uh, and then they did AD. Remember what I'm talking about? The miniseries thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, like the guy who made Survivor made it some years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Like that guy who was all like smoldery, sexy eyes. Right. And they'd always like shoot him that kind of lighting. It, it's, you know, it says in scripture, there's nothing about his visage that we should, uh, uh, that we should desire him. But like, I, I mean, you're, you're right on with, with talking about, uh, his permeating everything. And if we're not allowed to use what's around us, uh, how far do you take it? Have, have you ever heard somebody like object to the movies of the the Narnia books because of Aslan being a Second Commandment violation? Oh yeah, I mean there there are definitely people who have yeah there yeah there are definitely I engaged. Um, it, I mean this was this was years ago. Um, when did the first one come out? The uh, what I should say the first remake come out. That was back in like 2005, wasn't it? It was before that yet. I was I was again I was still in Grand Rapids and I moved here in 05. I'd say 03 maybe. Okay. So so yeah, I mean like right around that time when that was coming out. I mean, obviously the internet wasn't what we think of it today, but there were still chat rooms and things like that and um you know, I remember being in a in a chat room talking with people 
um, and and that coming up and just kind of like what like no it, it, come on um, you know and engaging people with that so yeah I mean it's it's out there and it's definitely like um, you know I don't know that it's as much um, it's permeating as much as you know like if if I were to put an actual like the passion you know, have an actual image of Christ there. But yeah, there are definitely people out there who are like, no, you know, nothing, no inferences or references to that, you know? So now, what I generally run into is people who have, um, you know, the kind of general Baptist uh, Bible church type people, general evangelical world. They're not super Calvinistic, have more of a, everything's okay up until the crucifixion. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> and and they're so scared because of uh, what they're afraid is going to happen, or that it seems Catholic. I went like when when I graduated from uh, seminary. Yeah, I you know you you candidate at different churches. We were at one we, we very nearly wound up at. They were showing us the building. They brought us into this room in the basement, and there was this huge like like hook rug. You know what I'm talking about? Like the thing that people make with like like a hook. Oh yeah, tool. yeah, yeah. And it was hanging on a wall, and it depicted Christ on the cross. And I was like, ooh, that's interesting because it was a weird uh, medium to depict sacred imagery like that. Right. And the guy goes, oh, yeah, we, we don't like you – know, listen, listen, buddy. Um, a woman who – an old woman, she, she meant really well and she took years to make this. But as soon as she dies, we're going to take it down because we don't believe Jesus is still on the cross. And I said, well, that's not my beef. I don't care. I mean, like, Jesus is not still on the cross, nor is he still on his knees in Gethsemane. But we're okay with that. Nor, you know, my son's not still in third grade. Um, In fact, any photograph, the person's not still doing that thing. That's why you have a photograph of it. You know, we're not still in Tallahassee, but here's the picture. And and so, like, I'm not, your kid's not still on the boardwalk, but you had a caricature done of them. Right. Um, I, Christ I don't isn't get, in the manger anymore, people. Yes, yes, but yeah, why is a crash okay, but a, a crucifix not? It's because there's a fear that it's going to become. And, and you know, Nathan, there there is a legitimate fear here. Look at uh, Nishurun, right? Um, mm-hmm. The the snake that yeah. that is held up, the silver snake that's held up, and people look at it. It's an aid to worship. It's look at this. And then you will you will see how God is the one who heals you and it delivers you. Yeah, and it's such a good thing in its essence that Jesus references it as this is me. This was foreshadowing me. This snake on the pole lifted up, the Son of Man lifted up. You look to me like you look to that snake, and the the venom is is taken out of you, and you live. But in the interim. Right. There is a cult that grew up around it to the point that a righteous king destroyed it. Yeah. Um, so aids to worship can become objects of worship, but that doesn't necessarily mean it's something like a crucifix. Dude, the skinny jeans and, and, uh, and rock band, praise band music can become the object of worship. I've yes. seen that happen. Yeah. It, it can be something that's not even a physical object easily. Right. Um, we, we're idol masters. We can yes. turn anything into an idol. Yeah. So, you know, th- this, like, I'm going to keep myself from having idols by not having any depiction. Dude, you're really overestimating your ability to keep away from idols. You, you got to be on guard all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and again, like, 
you know, when you're absolutely right. I mean, when we sit here and we talk about idols, um, this is going to sound weird, you know, and I know people are going to be like, well, how can, how can that be? That just doesn't make any sense. But like, there have been times in my life where, where the Bible has become an idol because I've been, I, I've been so displaced with focusing on the person of Christ and learning. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with these things, but learning, you know, the facts and, and wanting to dig in. And again, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this. So I want to say that a million times so I don't get these emails and things like that. But there are times where where anything we do that should be sacred can be changed and become an idol on us. You know, and so we we just we so need to be careful and guard our hearts against any of those things. You know, right? So in the Old Testament, there was like uh, what, what you're talking about. The the equivalent would be like when the offering of the incense. Mm-hmm. God says that's it stinks to my nostrils because your heart's in the wrong place. Yeah, or or the Ark of the Covenant, right? It becomes yeah. an idol when they take it out um, and and try to use it. You know, instead of serving God via this tabernacle system. They're like, oh, we take it with us, we'll win the battle. Any any of these things can become yes. uh, an idol. And so thinking that just eliminating this tiny, tiny, tiny little subcategory is going to get you off the hook. And, right. And, I mean, come on, man. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Um, let's talk a little bit more about the, um, the Facebook page because, you know, I, I – I want our listeners to, you know, kind of dig on this. The ones who, the ones who agree, you know, the ones who are like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm looking for that place too, where, you know, people are sharing, you know, these the sacred art, and um, you've already started uh, posting a bunch of stuff on there, and I'm going to start getting on and posting stuff too. But, um, you know, what what are you, um, what are you ultimately hoping that that people will do? Um, in this, are you are you hoping people will post and talk about and discuss? Or are you just hoping people will post? Like, what's kind of your thought, or is it just kind of like, hey, I just threw this up and we'll see where it goes? All of the above, man. I, I I love. First off, I put up just a bunch of stuff that I I went through my graphics folder and just like grabbed like forty pictures and put put them up. And immediately, I don't know if you're aware of this guy, but uh, he he's like kind of semi famous cult following famous not like religious cult but you know like a lot of people are really into him gentleman from england he's a a pastor at a church in henley stoke on trent um his name is the reverend gervais nicholas edward charmley nice yeah you can't fail with a name like that but uh he he kind of got um like internet famous through uh, Chris Roseboro's podcast uh, on Pirate Christian Radio uh, called Fighting for the Faith, uh-huh. he would write in, and whenever he wrote in, um, everybody just loved what he said. Like he, he would have the definitive word on any topic, mm-hmm. and then they, they started putting his sermons on for like Good Sermon Friday or whatever to yeah. counteract all the bad sermons that they review. And and so he, this guy is always traveling. We're friends on Facebook, and I see his pictures. So I invited him into it, and he started posting things, and not just posting the pictures, but like explaining the background and the significance of different things. He's so smart, and uh, I thought that was cool. My thought was like, if someone had just been to Italy and been to a bunch of churches, you know, share all that. Nice. Um, you know, even like like I put up a couple of pictures of you know the pictures of Jesus like goofing around and laughing with kids that you might see up on a, all of that stuff. I just, I wanted a place where I could put it up and not accidentally start like a huge controversy and get Christians shouting at each other. Right. 
Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's totally cool. And actually, my wife is going to Italy uh, over uh, spring break, so they they do their classical tour trip over there. She um, she teaches at a classical school, and so I'm definitely getting uh, her to take some pictures and come back, and we'll post a ton of those up on on the Facebook page. So very cool, very cool. Let, um, let me ask you before we move on. Yeah. we we talked. You mentioned real briefly about uh, the father. Yeah. Um, now, people usually don't freak out about the dove, right? Yep. If you depict, you're depicting the Holy Spirit because right. He appeared at Christ's baptism in the form of a dove. Yeah. So if I had, you know, even like a lot of churches will have that in their their logo if they're you know, kind of on the Pentecostal tip or whatever. Yeah. And and I don't feel like people freak out about that. I, for whatever reason, like I took down my wife had this little framed thing. It was William Blake, which I mean, I love his stuff. It's all amazing. Yeah. Um, and it was. A picture of like God the Father. It was from the Book of Job, doing something, creating the world or something, and, uh-huh. and the old man with the white beard kind of picture. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of, yeah. And I was like, this violates, you know, the commandment. I took it down. Yeah. Um. And and you said you could kind of see. And I originally had a rule: no pictures of God the Father. And then uh, Pastor Charmley was like, "Ooh, I got a lot of stuff of the Trinity I can't show." Then, and I was like, "You know what? Never mind. Right. If if people are offended by it, they can choose not to look at it. It's." Yeah. You know, they don't have to rend their garments or anything because sure. it's been in the presence of this. Sure. And, I mean, here's here's the commandment. You shall have no other gods before me. Yep. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness. That was, that was how the how the numbering goes varies. For the yeah. Jews, the first of the ten davrim, the first words, uh, the ten words is, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the house right. of slavery. Number two is, you shall have no other gods. The way I learned it, and probably the way you learned it, is the first command is, you shall have no other gods before me. Mm-hmm. The second commandment was, you shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them to serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. Um, and, and the way that it's often done is separating those into two different right. commands. Yeah. And the, the way my son's learning it is instead you separate the two categories of coveting. Mm-hmm. Into two different commands. Mm. The way the the Jewish yeah. rendering would be, uh, you keep those together: the coveting and the two the th- things about carved images. And the, I am the Lord your God makes it ten. Uh, at the end of the day, though, they all have the same text, right? And yeah. the flow, I think, makes it pretty clear: no other gods before me. And that doesn't mean in front of me, uh, like they have prevalence. Like you can have other gods, but I got to be first. It means right. like in my face, literally. Right. Um, if you look at the Hebrew. You know, no other gods. If I see other gods, I'm going to be angry. Right. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any other likeness, and then you shall not bow to them or serve them. And it seems to me that the clearest reading is that this is all together. The yes. making of the image, the bowing down and serving. I mean, why? If, if you have a command that says you can't make a carved image at all, why do you even need a command that says not to bow, bow down and serve what? Right. Yeah. Right? I mean, because yeah. we haven't made any. So there's no need for this. That that would be grandfathered in under do not make. Yes. So it, it's – it's I get though the other yeah. reading. I get it and I respect it. And I and I don't think those people are being fundamentalist or, or you know whatever. But man, would it bum me out if I couldn't have all my – you know, when you go to a Greek Orthodox church – you ever been to a Greek Orthodox church, Nathan? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, first of all, you smell that incense. Yes. And then you see those mosaics and those icons. Yes. 
I am, I am, I feel like I was just brought up to, you know, the, the seventh heaven, like, yeah, yeah. you know, or there's only three, the third heaven, seventh right, heaven's right. a TV show. <laughs> uh, but you know, like how John is all of a sudden brought up in the spirit. It's like, there's something about that stuff that really connects with me. And it's, and it brings me closer to the one true God who's invisible, whose spirit, it doesn't make me, it doesn't get between us and make yeah. me serve something else. Yeah. Well, and if you think about, you know, um, the the way God commanded his people to build the temple and that mm-hmm. that yeah. inaugural ceremony of what that must have been like and what that must have looked like, God wants us to have a sense of awe and wonder about him. And I don't think there's anything wrong with – Again, unless you're crossing that line into worshiping the thing instead of letting it draw you closer to worshiping God. Um, mm-hmm. But having that awe and wonder, going over, uh, going overseas um, and seeing the architecture and seeing the grandeur, you know, um, you can see even now to this day how it is uh, – people have become corrupted by it. But that shouldn't deter you from allowing yourself to be in awe and wonder of God because of it. Right. I mean you can if – you, if you do good deeds to merit salvation, that's going to drag you down to hell. That doesn't mean you don't do good deeds. It right. means that you just guard your heart. Sa- yes. Same thing with this. And you know when you bring up the temple, I feel almost like God gave us a little – the answer here when yeah. he said in the temple – on the curtain, uh, on on the mercy seat, the cover of the altar uh, of the Ark of the Covenant inside yep. the Holy of Holies, and then above there are cherubim, yes, that have been made by a skilled craftsmen. So obviously, these things aren't being worshipped. Uh, you know, the the everyday people aren't seeing them, so there's no right. danger of them being worshipped. Only the high priest sees them, and when he's in there, he's thinking like, "I hope I live." Right, but. <laughs> So, so the fact that they're not going to be worshipped means that there was no sin in creating them, which yes. means that if to properly understand this commandment, the sin would – to break the commandment would require worship. And I, I think you can even get into what is called venerating. I don't, and I, I would be a little leery of, of someone telling me, like in my congregation, oh, yeah, I've been venerating these things and kissing them. But I don't think when you go into, say, a, a Greek Orthodox church and someone kisses an icon as a – you know these these – Signs of devotion, we have a hard time getting our minds around as, yeah. as evangelicals. I'm not immediately going to go, oh, that means you've worshipped. Right. There's a certain level of like just being aware of the cloud of witnesses. Yeah. And it's a good thing if it's done with the right with the right heart. And, yeah. and they they have something we don't there. Well, and this is – I mean this is how I view that with, with what you're talking about with that. You know, I remember um, very young, being very young and my father passing away. Um. And my mother would go and she would talk to uh, the graveside. And, mm, you know, yeah. she would, um, you know, there were times where before she left, she would either kiss the tombstone or she would kiss her hand and place it on the tombstone. You know, I never once thought in my mind, you know, she's she's showing a sense of devotion. You know, she's showing her emotion in in that instance. And so I'm. You know, I, I'm not yeah. even – I'm with you on that. Like I don't think that's a huge thing where I'm like, you know, I wouldn't do it. But 
it's not like the bells and whistles are going off like, oh, no, we, you know, we're in dangerous territory here. You know, danger. Will right. Robinson. Danger. She's the like, witch of Endor and she's communicating yeah. with the dead. No, yeah. she's not. She's yeah. pouring out her heart. And right. guess what? He can probably hear her. Right. I mean, I don't believe in soul sleep. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there's something there's something to be said for just, yeah, that that overwhelming awe. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that overwhelming emotion. And and why why and I think maybe that's where where the disconnect is because a lot of people who are in, in a certain substrata of of reformed yes they're born without it right <laughs> I went to a uh, conference one time it was at a mega church here in town great church with a great and at the time rather famous pastor and it was a good it was a good thing we went for two full days and the only worship was. Acapella, us singing the doxology right before a benediction at the end. And I thought, man, am I in a reformed church. <laughs> I remember um, – I, rem- I, I, didn't, I didn't grow up reformed. I came to reform, you know, reformed theology um, a little bit yeah, later in life, that. understanding the doctrines and all that. But um, a very good friend of mine, his father was a, a reformed pastor and – he was talking about being at a conference one time and he was he was just joking about, you know, some of those things. He's like, you know, I was sitting next to this woman and I, I don't know what her denomination was, but you know, she uh she was more free to worship than I was, you know, and so we got to this point in the song and she was just raising her hands and praising God and he said, You know, I can really appreciate that and and, and there it got to a point in the song where it's like, you know, not as like raise your hand worthy or guess in, uh, or I, you know, something like that in his eyes. And he's like, he's like, I just chuckled to myself because, you know, here I am and, you know, I, I'm not going to raise my hand, you know, to save my life. And here's this woman, she's not going to put her hand down to save her life. And he was just <laughs> laughing at the And difference. both are worshiping Jesus. Right? Yes, yes, exactly. You know, and, um, and I think we need to come to the point where we can have a healthy sense of humor about things like that. And we can appreciate, like you said, you have friends that, you know, you agree in every way except for in this one way. And it's okay to say, you know what? That's okay. You know, you are you are convicted in this. Your your conscience will not allow you to to move beyond this, you know, but I hope you understand I don't have that same conviction or conscience issue and so i am free to look at these images and not feel like i'm sinning but um, i'm not going to try and get you to because exactly. for you to go against conscience would be a sin exactly exactly and that's where we need to come together as brothers and sisters in christ and just say it's okay that we don't agree on this and we don't have to and i don't have to persuade you you know the one thing that's really cool when you look at um Paul, you know, Paul always gives a a justification for why something is okay, but he never forces it on someone. You know, you go to when, you know, these people are eating, you know, the meat and he gives an articulate defense for why it's not a sin, but he never presses it on someone. You know, he always says you you need to let your conscience decide this because if your conscience is telling you it's a sin, then it's a sin and you need to not do it. You know, mm-hmm. and he goes to the people that have the freedom to do it and say, if you want to eat it, eat it, but don't cause your brother who has this conscience issue to sin while you're doing it. Right. And the reason that Peter freaks out on Paul is not because it would have gone against Paul's conscience. Mm-hmm. He had been eating at the pork chop table 10 minutes earlier. 
Right. It's because it was something else in his heart, the, the praise and approval of men that had motivated him, right. and that's why he went after him. And so, yeah, if you don't know someone's heart, like Peter clearly knew Paul's heart in that situation. You mean the other way around? No. Paul. Peter, Peter knew Paul's heart. Oh, that, that he, he knew that Paul was um, okay with eating unclean meat. And so when he saw him switch over because of men from James yeah. and, and got this report, uh, this is happening, this is a thing, yeah. um, he rebuked him openly because yeah. he, he knew this was a heart thing. So if you don't know someone's heart and, and they you know, have a, a you know, issue with uh, pictures of Christ or even – any, you know, there are people who they don't like any images. There are Anabaptist groups and things they don't like any photographs. I, I I'm not ready to to say that's even weaker faith. I'm just mm-hmm. going to say that's a difference in a secondary issue. Mm-hmm. But uh, I sure am excited you know, at the prospect of seeing a lot more cool stuff. Yeah. Can, can I can I uh, like lightning around you four things that I that I uh, occurred to me all at once? Yeah. Can we- before you do that, and maybe you're going to get into it, because you had started asking me about God the Father in images oh, right. about yeah, God yeah, yeah. the Father. Go for it. Um, so what I was going to say is I, I'm up in the air on that, and here's why. Um, I, I believe firmly when Christ says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And Ooh. so I believe that we can if, – if we have no problem with depicting you know, images – of you know Christ, then then we shouldn't of God the Father, except for the fact that we never once are given um, clear physical images of what God the Father looks like, and because it doesn't look like anything, right? Exactly, <laughs> maybe a you consuming know, so, fire, I mean, <laughs> right? Exactly, and so like we're given we're given descriptions about His personality. You know, we're told a lot about His love for us. We're told a lot about you know He He's like a shelter that we run to. You know, He's like a mother hen who gathers His chick. You know, so we're given all of these images to help describe His personality to us, so we can understand God the Father. And then Christ comes as a you know this physical representative of the Godhead that we can see and experience. Um, you know, and so it's to me, it's it's harder to now put a picture on God the Father because there really, there really isn't one. You know, mm, and so that's right. where I feel like you're now getting on shaky ground because now you're trying to depict something that that really isn't there. You know, and the really... source material is going to wind up being pagan usually. Yeah, just like our source material for what angels look like. We, we're not getting that from you know these these creatures with eyes all over the wings. We're right. not getting it from just regular men that you couldn't tell, you know, until they struck the crowd blind. You couldn't even tell they were angels. We're getting that from, you know, this is this is something coming from Greco-Roman tradition filtered through um, Renaissance art. Yes. And and we don't want to do that with God the Father. So yeah, I, I do still get a little bit, I get, I get a little leery about that. I, 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 I don't have anything, you, you know, you walk into a room in my house, before my son was born, I had a whole like a little study set up, which is which is uh, had to become his his nursery, and I had a, somebody walk into it and mm-hmm. like cry out, like they were like ah, like it looked like in you remember in the Omen where yeah, they, yeah. they find like all the it was like that, like I mean Greek Orthodox <laughs> icons, Russian Orthodox, Roman Catholic, there was there was everything, and, uh, and 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 a lot of like the just like classic, and then I had like the Salmon's head of Christ, which is like the evangelical icon, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Uh, which I I don't know, I mean he's got blue eyes there, but he, he looks rather Middle Eastern to me, right, um, but but I never I don't think had anything that was the the Trinity or had. Uh, 
you know, a, an actual picture of God the Father. I, and and I I wouldn't condemn someone for it or, or exhort them to take it down. Right. I just wouldn't hang it up. Sure. And, and I'm not there, and I don't have any real desire to get there. I feel like, and, and I mean, when you go back and look historically at when iconoclasm was condemned by the church, you know, for a while it kind of went either way, went back and forth, and then it was, this was settled. The Fourth Lateran Council, I think. It was, it, this is settled stuff. It was, uh, because Jesus was incarnate. He became yeah. flesh. He, he, you could see him. Yeah. So we can talk about seeing him and think about seeing him. You're not affixing, you know, like binding the invisible God, God who is spirit, right. to uh, place a place in a form that yeah. isn't his. You're saying, well, he's still man. This is eternal, fully God and fully man. So we, can, we, depict, we can't depict his divinity properly. Um, and so people have just done things like put a nimbus or something to indicate the divinity and then depict the humanity. Right. And it, it's it, it's worked so far. And yeah. I, I truly don't see – I don't see it being uh, a, an issue, at least not in my circles of, of worship. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, and I agree, you know, and again um, – you know this podcast. I think has you know we've stood on those lines since since the beginning. You know um, because there there is so much that you know our hearts are so prone to to idol worship. You know, and so if you if you are finding something that is helping you helping draw you to God and not draw you into idolatry, then you know um, then then I would say you know yeah, I mean go for it. Right. If the crucifix around your neck or the empty cross around your neck, do the same thing. Yes. In your mind, or, or the WWJD yes. bracelet that was yeah. around your wrist in the 90s. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they can all become idols. Yes. And they could all, if, if, and depending on the background, remember when Paul is talking about that Adiaphora stuff, uh, meat sacrificed to idols, mm-hmm. the, he, he uses a phrase, former associations. Yes. Those who were part of those formerly, they were part of worship that involved eating these things. And it's, it's, they've got wounds and scars, yes. you know? Yes. And so if there are people who came out of yep. a very syncretistic background where, you know, you're you're praying to Mary as a co-redemptrix or something, and you're well. Yeah, I don't want you to come into my house yeah. and see my paeta. Uh, am I saying that right? Paeta, uh, whatever. That sounds- uh, Pieta? Yeah. <laughs> or, we, or are we getting know- Spanish t- territory now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I love it all. I think that's Italian. Isn't it? I, I don't know. Yeah. But uh, I, so so I, I want to be sensitive to people on it. Yeah. And that's why I usually keep it most of it, you know, in the inner sanctum. And it's just for me. It's just for me. My son. My son has a, a little a little cool crucifix on his wall that he wanted when he saw it when he was really little. He saw it at a kiosk. It was that kind of uh, olive wood. Yep. At Christmas yeah. times, the malls always have yeah. these. And I got it for him. He has a little statue of St. Michael the Archangel with his foot on Satan's face. Nice. Uh, that I got at a retreat center for him that he loves. And I, I've never caught him worshiping any of this stuff. Yeah. It's, he's got bookmarks with, with Jesus' face you know, depicted on them. And, yeah. 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 What were some of the other um – some of the other uh, thoughts are lightning round. Oh, right, right. Um, I already had a couple. One is Second London Baptist Confession of Faith, which mm-hmm. is my confession, which I hold with like one caveat, um, does not condemn 
the the use of a photo or uh, photos, yeah, photos. It's, you know, <laughs> you know, selfies. Of, no, uh, depictions of Christ, not outright. Yeah, and uh, and so people who say, well, I hold to the Reformed standards. I say, well, you know what? I hold to a uh, confession that's in that family. Yeah. But you have to actually get in, I think, to the Westminster uh, longer catechism before you find it, you know, and, and that's not my tradition. That's someone yes. else's. That's a Presbyterian tradition. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think the other thing is like the, the depictions I, I get, my real beef usually comes in not with the depicting itself, but with the, the individual depictions and I have a, a huge problem with the blonde, oh, yeah. effeminate, yeah. Nancy yeah. Jesus, the Swedish Jesus, the, yeah. the super white Jesus. Yeah. And, and I mean like people are like, well, what does it matter? It's like how you know Santa Claus, he's depicted different ways. And, and I know when you go into an African-American church, I, I, there's, there's one in town. The pastor is a, a pretty good friend of mine. And when I go in, all the pictures of Jesus are – he's got black – he's got brown skin. And I'm going, well, that's a lot closer right. <laughs> to, to, yeah. to truth than when you go into our churches and he's got white skin. Right. But I think we all probably ought to instead – we have information. We have more knowledge now about this stuff. We, we know what it looks like, these kind of undilute – um, uh, Hebraic peoples that that haven't you know been intermarrying throughout Eastern Europe and Europe and, and into America and stuff um, that where where you can go wow you know two thousand years ago someone who was in this part of the world looked an awful lot like this and yes. we can make that and and then you can take that and if you are like I am a true believer you know kind of draw some stuff from the Sudarium of Oviedo and the the uh, Shroud of Turin. And think you've got a pretty decent idea of what this Jesus looked like, yeah. And we can we can make a pretty educated uh, guess, and and then when someone says, "Well, it's wrong," prove it, right? You know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, do, do you do you get as annoyed as I do at the uh, the blonde Jesus in the cradle or the blonde Jesus, uh, you know, on the cross? Yeah, to to an extent. Um, here's like I grew up with. Um, a lot of that and I you know like I remember coming to a point where like I finally understood huh that's not right um but it it never you know like it doesn't I I get annoyed when people will say this is how he was you know I I teach at a school um that's predominantly uh black you know, the student basis is predominantly black. And, mm-hmm. you know, I always hear, oh, Jesus was uh, black. And I'm like, actually, he was Middle Eastern. And they're like, well, what does that mean? I said, he wasn't black. He wasn't white. <laughs> he was. Yeah, he right. Was he kinda, looked more like Bin Laden than yeah. he looked like you, me, or Kanye. Yeah, right? exactly. I mean, like, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's that's, 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 yeah. That was clickbait to say, but you know, <laughs> it's probably true. It is, you know, and that's and that's what I kind of, you know, that's where I direct them to. I said, you know, you, you know, do you? And I asked them. I said, do you, do any of you watch the news with your parents? You know, do you see anything about Middle Eastern people? And you know, have you have you heard anything about them, or have you seen pictures of them? And they're like, you know, they so they think, and it's like, yeah, I, I think so. And it's like, okay, well, that's closer to what he looked like than you know me or you. Um, you know, and that kind of, um, but like, I don't get like, you know, all up in arms about it. It's like, I, again, there, there's a certain part of us that, you know, we, 
and this is just how I interpret people when they when they make these these images, even though it's not the truth. To me, I find it's more of a lack of understanding, and so they're just trying yeah. to understand Christ from their cultural mm-hmm. perspective. And and I don't yeah. necessarily think there's anything you know wrong with that, unless you know the truth and you're just absolutely being defiant. No, I'm just you know this is what I want him to look like. It's like that Mm -hmm. I have more of a problem with more than just kind of, I've had more experiences with the everyday. I'm just trying to, to relate to, to Jesus. I'm trying to bring that personal connection into my life. That's been more my dealings with it. Yeah. Have you ever seen um, the nineties biopic uh, about Malcolm X? Denzel played Malcolm X. Oh, I, I've seen bits and pieces of it. I've never sat down and watched it all the way through, though. It was wonderful. I, I, I have a particular interest in him because Malcolm X is actually from my my town. Um, but uh, there there was a very interesting. He's in jail at the beginning. He's in prison, and he goes to like the the little Catholic service or cute Bible study Q and A just to like cause trouble. Yeah, and because he knows he can get under the priest's skin, and the priest is the worst, right? So he has a picture of Jesus. Looking very like you know like Philly's second baseman, yeah, and yeah. Uh, from from 1982 or something. Even though this is in the 60s, and uh, so so he says uh, he raises his hand, and they have this debate where they're both just nuts um, yeah. as far as like actual hermeneutics, and they both know it, but they're both doubling down. It's a right, really interesting right. scene. <laughs> he says, "Your own Bible tells us that Jesus had hair that was like wool," and he like kind of moves his fingers, meaning he's taking it to mean consistency. Yeah. Not color. Uh, he's talking about Revelation. And skin like bronze. He's, again, talking about Revelation 1 when Jesus appears to John. Yeah. Um, so we know from your Bible that Jesus was a black man. And then the priest, he doesn't even go to the scriptures. He just points at the picture he brought and says, you can see clearly that Jesus is white. <laughs> and, of course, the the, cra- the kicker is it doesn't matter, yeah. really. He's, he came for everyone. Yes. You know, he, he came first for the lost sheep of Israel. Maybe that it does factor in yeah. oh, um, that yeah. we don't want to picture him being this American hero or right. something. Yeah. Um, but but that to hear that debate, I mean, I think because the notion of Christ as this kind of on the side of the educated, rich oppressor has given birth in many cases to this picture of him, you know, Christ with the French flag. And that's not, you know, the, we, yeah. we get into then on the side of the oppressed as well. Yeah. But, but like, he's one of us. He's our champion. Right. Um, and, and it gets almost to that thing where, like, Joshua saw the the man with the sword and yes. said, whose side are you on? Yes. And I believe that was Jesus. Uh, you know, that's a yep. Christophany, a pre- pre-incarnate Christ. Yep. And he's like, whose side am I on? I'm on? I'm not on your side or your enemies. Right. I'm the captain of the armies of the Lord. You better be on my side. Yes, yes. And and I think that when we remake Jesus in our image, if it's out of ignorance, that's one thing. If it's right. just like this is the only way I know how to draw people, whatever. Who cares? Right. But there is a little, there is a danger there, and I don't think there's any upside once you know. Yes. Um, to depicting him wrongly, and I love what Mel Gibson did in The Passion. Yes. To digitally change his eyes. Yep. And to put those prosthetics on to make him look more Semitic. Yep. And the way they filmed it. You're going, okay, I feel – I mean that he looked an awful lot like a lot of the people walking right by me when I was walking around in Jerusalem. Yeah. So he didn't just say – you know, like remember Willem Dafoe playing Jesus? 
Uh, thankfully, um, no. <laughs> it was in The Passion of the Christ. Christian Bale played him in this uh, Mary miniseries on TV. Oh. Jeremy Sisto played him. Um, you know, he's been he's been played by so many. Uh, yeah. Jude Law. And that was yeah. a cool movie, but like, why why did it take until that amazing movie Risen? Yeah. Before they were like, what about someone who looks like they might actually be from that part? Yeah. Of the world? Yeah. <laughs> Let's actually hire someone. <laughs> he was Hawaiian, and the woman who played Mary in uh, the Nativity was also Hawaiian. Yeah, and I feel like there's that that Polynesian look is very very similar to that Middle Eastern. Yeah, um, common and, ancestry and there. Yeah, Hawaii itself looks an awful lot like Israel to the point where my boy Cliff Graham has been uh, you know scouting locations for Day of War. Uh, in Hawaii, nice, <laughs> and, and and it's like you can't tell what's Hawaii and what's Israel, but yeah, I mean, as long as we try, that's all yeah. I'm saying. It, yeah, it, not that I want to, you know, say, oh, your art's no good because your Jesus is too white. I, that's not my be. Right. That's not my right. my gig. I, I don't care. Yeah, and I think I think you hit it. You know, it's like if it, I, I feel like it's it's a lot of things. You know, um, I, I think back to and and I've. I've had to temper myself up and down as many reformed people do. You know, when I when I finally came to reformed theology, understanding it that this is the truth of God's word, I had to remember where was I before that? I didn't love God any less mm-hmm. because of it, you know. And I had solid reasons for believing what I did, you know, but now this is another piece. And so at this point if I were to go back to it, I would be wrong. You know, I was wrong then, but it was a different wrong. You know, it, my understanding wasn't there yet. Um, right, right. And so, yeah, I, I think once our understanding catches up with where we are, then yes, I think we do. We we have an obligation as believers at that point to to move forward with the new understanding that we have. Um, but but I think in that, you know, two things should happen. One is, uh, you know, I don't think we should be condemning those people around us who aren't there yet. <laughs> Um, you know, and I think the second thing is in, in, in this has to do with the first thing, remembering where we came from and remembering our love and devotion before we got to that different level of understanding to that new level of understanding of whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And on a scale of one to 10, like how urgently I want to change you at all. Yeah. Showing you that Jesus is Lord is a 10. Yeah. Getting you to adhere to the doctrines of grace is about a three. Yeah. And getting you to see the second commandment my way and be okay with depictions of Christ is maybe a one and a half. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, they're, they're not even in the same... Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's not even in the same ballpark. Uh, yeah. And yet, I still love Reformed theology and everything, all the discussions and all the, uh, all the richness that comes out of it. And I yep. still love sacred art and all the, the beautiful tradition... That comes out of it. Oh, uh, I see my my family arriving, and the door's going to open. The show I was going to go nuts soon. So now I guess would be a good time to uh, dude. Yeah, shut her down. Yeah. Well, we had um, you know, we had another topic plan, um, but we can we can save this. It, it'll yeah, we can be, do it next week. Yeah, it'll be good for next week. So, um, and a few other things that we can talk about. Are you planning on seeing uh, uh, Captain Marvel? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, we'll, we'll so, see that this weekend. Awesome. So I will. Um, so maybe we can bring that one into the discussion next week too, and then we can have uh, Turk back on when yeah. uh, when uh, Infinity War comes out. When the next Infinity War comes out, so we yeah, can yeah. get his we thought can, so we on can it. Just, and, 
get his thought on Captain Marvel as well. Yep. I, I'll tell you what, Captain Marvel is either going to be a uh, full-on allegory of the gospel or it's going to be woke nonsense yeah. about intersectionality. <laughs> Well, nothing in the middle or off that right. or off that uh, the continuum altogether. Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, it could it could you know nicely balance what we're going to talk about next week, or we could just have a lot of things that we're going to be tearing into. So, <laughs> all right, man. Well, this was uh, this was great, and we ended up definitely uh, casting a lot longer on it than I thought we were going to initially. We, we rocked so. the Casbah again, dude. We, we did, did it. We did. Um, I feel like I got to say the line though because it's been so long. Oh, you got to say it. Yeah, yeah, you got to say it. All right. So, Zach, another fun one, another one in the books, and we just rock the Casbah. These go to 11.